When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hashtag no music, no intro. Another episode of Hashtag Saints for the podcast coming at you. And I'm, I'm floored right now, Ryan. I'm floored. Uh, we have our by far our, biz, our biggest guest that's joined us on the Saints Twitter podcast. No, no disrespect to Devin Bro. Devin Bro was up there too. Uh, but Super Bowl winning champion, former Saints legend, wide receiver, Lance Moore, number 16 on the hashtag Saints Twitter podcast. Just first and foremost, just thank you for thanks for coming on and, and doing the pod with us, man. It's, it's really appreciated. No problem, man. It's uh, I think it's 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 about time that I jump on some of these Saints podcasts and and get to talking about what's going on, um, the state of the Saints, uh, injuries, coaching, etc. And uh, you guys happen to be the first one that I selected this year. And um, shoot, man, let's get to it. First one picked. Um, so out out the gate, let's just start out the gate. You t- you hit on coaching and something that Ryan and I have talked about kind of throughout the season as the season's progressed is as just general fans and we maybe we're not seeing it correctly but it just seems like maybe so there's inconsistencies with the team in terms of coaching whether it be just bad execution number of penalties things that's just hurting the team and keeping them from being competitive and just hurting themselves where does that stem from is that it's a player execution thing. Is it coaching and details? Where does that stem from? Well, I I think it's a combination of both. Um, But we'd be all silly if we just figured Sean Payton was going to step down and whoever came in was going to be as good or better than Sean. I mean, Sean is, Mm -hmm. is one of the best in the game. Um, The, the success that he had, obviously, especially over the last several years speaks for itself. So when he steps away, you've got to figure out a way to establish a new culture. And I don't think it's a totally new culture, right? Because there's a bunch of coaches that were, you know, held on to after Sean left, obviously DA being the main one becoming the head coach, but this is his team. Now this isn't Sean's team. He's trying to establish his style of coaching. Um, And sometimes it just takes a little bit of time. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not a situation where a new guy can come in and you're just going to build off of the success of, of the last guy. I don't think that's necessarily the case most of the time. Um, but again, it's 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 execution a lot. It's it's attention to detail. It's discipline or lack thereof. Um, all things that can be corrected. I, I think it's it's um, it's unfair to Da to expect Sean Payton from him. You know, yeah. I, I think he's doing a really good job. And you know, one thing that that we've had to deal with that maybe not so many other teams. I mean, there's a few other banged up teams, but we are one of the most banged up teams in the national football league. So once, once you start having to replace guys with backups and move guys from familiar positions to positions that maybe they're not as familiar with, I think that's when the mistakes start to pile up. I think that's when the undisciplined play starts to pile up. And I think a lot of the, the bad things that have happened to us are, are self-inflicted. Obviously, the penalties being first and foremost, but the turnovers, man. I mean, that is just it's, – it's, it's hard to play well enough to win games as it is, but when you're giving the other team the football as often as we are and we're not taking it away as much as we need to be, it's really hard to win those games, man. I mean, it's just – it's just you know, it's – you talk about shooting yourself in the foot, and we've been doing a lot of that this season. But, again, we're one game back in the division, so it's not all terrible news at this point. And, like I said, it's things that we can't get corrected. 
Right. And look, you talked about culture and you've been there since the beginning. You were there, you know, when Sean Payton took over in 2006 after Hurricane Katrina, you know, Millsaps, the legendary Millsaps training camp, you know, installing the toughness of the team and all that stuff. And, you know, you were there for the Super Bowl the years after. So you saw the kind of ebbs and flows uh, that come with playing in the NFL year after year, all the different challenges and all of the, those things and how Sean Payton deal with it, dealt with it. And, you know, come this year, you know, the Saints are in a different position because their coach left. It's not like he got fired after, you know, a two and 12 season, I mean, two and 14 season or whatever. <clears throat> so he left and I guess their position was, okay, let's, let's not just blow this thing up. It's not like it was, wasn't working. You know, let's maintain the culture that, you know, Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis and everybody built and just bring in DA who's been a part of that culture for a long time, bring in him and see if he can maintain it. But as you bring up a great point, it's like, it's maybe it's not about maintaining. It's about him creating his own culture, the DA culture, whatever that is. I don't know. And I just wonder if he's doing, is, is he, if he's just learning on a job of how to do that, how to instill that in the players and the, not just the players, but the assistant coaches and, staff and everything well yeah i mean it's it's there is no easy way to do it and like you said it's it's not like this was a situation where the coach got fired and the roster stinks right i mean we were a nine and eight football team and we played with the tight end at quarterback most of last season so uh to to say that the expectations were rightfully put on this team i think that's accurate i mean you know you have most of your guys back we signed some new guys. We drafted Olave and a couple other guys. Jameis Winston was coming back healthy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is a roster that has expectations on it for good reason. Um, but I totally agree that that D.A. is is doing the best job that he can to instill his culture, right? You, you build upon the success of the culture that was laid down before you, but you also have to sprinkle in your little wrinkle of, of things or, or ways um, or habits that you'd like to create within the team. Um, and I, I look, I don't think we're losing games because we have a bad culture. Um, I think we're losing games because we haven't executed up to par. I think we haven't made enough plays when they're there to be made. I think we've been making um, silly mistakes, especially the fumbles, right? It's, it's, it's uh, all the guys know how to hold on to the football. It's maybe something that needs to get drilled a little bit more in practice. Maybe we're a little too nonchalant with the football. Um, that's what it's looked like for me. It, it hasn't been a situation where there's been guys carrying the rock and getting smashed and the ball's flying out. It's okay. This guy's got the ball. Somebody punches it out or, or rips it out. Um, and, and that's not a common theme for this football team or it hasn't been in the past and it has been early in this season um but I think that's something that can get corrected I think the interceptions um kind of go along with the aggressiveness that we've kind of been taking as far as throwing the football I, I think that the decision making part with Jameis um was the biggest question mark that everybody had about him obviously everybody knows he's talented and can get the ball down the field but can he make the right decisions he showed that he's capable last year. He just hasn't been able to kind of get in that rhythm this year. And that's kind of what scares me a little bit about him coming back off of injury, whenever that is. I don't know when that's going to be. Um, I get the same amount of information that everybody else gets. I look at the injury report the same way everybody else does. So I, I'm not speaking to the coaches about who's going to get starts and who's not going to be playing and all those things. So um, I just hope he comes back with a, with a you know, refreshed and renewed mind frame and, and ready to – kind of take what the defense gives them. Um, and that's not to say to be gun shy. Um, I think that, that that's kind of why he was successful last season. If there's something there that's open, take it um, and allow your playmakers to make plays for you. You don't have to force things. We've got skill around him, guys that can make plays with the football in their hands. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this game this weekend. And, and I think it's a great opportunity for us, regardless of who's injured. Um, to step up and and to finally get to 500 and and put two wins together and and continue uh, some good football. It's it's a huge game as, as you allude to because the team that wins gets to 500 and the team that doesn't win they're two and four and that's like as a team obviously that's like not a good place to be in because there's a lot of things of questions that come out in terms of making the playoffs when a team starts two and four. Um, but speaking, you kind of brought up the Jameis point and I, and I find it the 
you'd be the most perfect person to ask is as a receiver, what, like what, and obviously you, you play with Drew, but like what quarterback would you prefer? Would you prefer the Jameis Winston type that's more aggressive downfield or alternatively, you kind of have someone like Andy Dalton that gets the ball out on time, um, takes what the defense gives them, may not, you know, be super, super uber aggressive when he throws the ball. Like what, do, what is your preference when you played as, as a wide receiver? Well, my preference was Drew Brees. <laughs> and that's not, <laughs> and that look, that's, that's not fair to Jameis or right. Andy. Uh, but if, but if I'm playing in, in the 2022 version of the saints, I would prefer a, a healthy Jameis um, mm. because he's got, he's got the most upside and, yeah. Um, I, I, look, I think the coaches could do him a favor and kind of tailor their play calls to to the things that he does best. And I, I, by that, I don't mean I don't mean throwing the ball down the field every other play. I think giving him some quick and easy targets early on, or some some easy throws, some quick throws, get the ball to the playmakers quickly, and yeah. allow them to make yards after the catch. A few timing things, maybe not a ton of drop back passes where he's dropping back and having to read the defense and figure it out. Not to say that he can't do that, that he's not capable of that. But I, but I think it's, it's sometimes when he gets himself in trouble, if he's back there holding the football a little bit too much. And one thing that we haven't seen from him too much this year that we saw a lot of from him early on last season was him using his legs. Like he, he's kind of looked uncomfortable to me at times back there and not taking off when last year he was doing it. And I don't know if it's a, a mental thing or if his knee is just not feeling good enough yet to start doing those things. Right. But I think it would help help it would really help our offense out tremendously if he could just, I mean, shoot, man, if it's third and nine or third and eight and he drops back and everything seems to be covered, but everybody on defense is dropping back and there's a hole right there up, up the middle. He could just trot down there nine yards, slide down and pick up a yeah. first down. I mean there's a lot of teams that are doing that to us defensively. I mean, it'd be amazing if we could get a couple of those plays from him. Um, And I think he just needs to get in rhythm. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the thing we've, we've started out so slow in so many games. I think pretty much all of them that he's played in, um, you know, we, we just, we just have not been able to move the football early and make first downs and sustain drives and just put plays together in bunches, in a row, and extend a drive to a score early on or a couple of possessions early on where we're getting scores, that's how a quarterback gets in a rhythm. If you're coming out, you're three and out. Then the next drive, you're three and out. Then the next drive, yeah. you get one first down, then you're punting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really, really hard for a quarterback to get in a rhythm. And I think it, it, it's kind of coupled with the run game. I yeah. think the run game can be Jameis or Andy's best friend. I mean, we've been running the football well. I mean, I well, think we're in the yeah. top – we're in the top third in the league in rushing yards per game and rushing yards per attempt. Yeah. And it really it really makes everybody's job easier if you can run the football. The guys up front aren't getting tired from having to pass protect every other play or every two out of every three plays, which I know they get so annoyed of. I know that the running backs are excited about being able to tote that thing and put pressure on the defense. And then in the passing game, I mean, it, it really helps the receivers to be able to get open a lot better if you can do play action, boots and nakeds off the run, or just dropping back every now and again because the defense is so worried about you running the football, they get out of position and coverage. So I think it all goes hand in hand. I think we need to um, rely a little bit more on the run, especially with Alvin being back and healthy. Um, and it, it, it'll really make the, the play caller's job easy, the quarterback's job easier, the offensive line job easier, and the playmaker's jobs easier. I mean, it really it really will. And, and I, look, I, I think that these guys are smart. I know that they're doing their jobs and, and, and researching the things that we're doing well versus the things that we aren't. And I really think we'll, we'll be better as the season goes along as far as the play calling goes. Because there's been times this season where I've really thought that it's we're really predictable on offense from time mm-hmm. from time to time. Ooh, yeah. and, and it's it's like, okay, here we go. We get the ball. First down, run. run. Second down, run. Third down, <laughs> we're in third and long sometimes. It's obviously yeah. a pass. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm not trying to throw shade at Pete. I know Pete's doing the best that he can at this moment. Um, but I think potentially throwing the football on first down could help us. Yeah. Um, and, and I think running the football more, which how does that work hand in hand? But yeah. I, I just – I really think that – the the um predictability that we've had a little bit has has put us in tough positions 
from time to time and and playing the staying on schedule game. What do I yeah, mean by exactly. that? Staying, exactly. staying, staying yeah. ahead of the chains as opposed to being behind the chains. Yeah. Staying in third and shorts rather than third and longs. Um, that will make our job as an as an offense that much easier. Yeah. You brought up, yeah. I, I just want to just hit on the predictability thing because it's something yeah. that I texted to Ryan. Like, at, was it was it Monday night? Fo- no, Sunday night football. Whatever the there it was Monday night football. It was the, it was the Chiefs game, and I was watching the Chiefs offense, and almost every <laughs> every play pre snap, either Andy Reid or Eric Bieniemy is using motion to identify yeah. something. Yeah, and it, it was man zone, whatever. They're using motion almost every offensive play, and yep. right now, like I believe, like the Saints, if you pull out like the advanced stats, are like the lowest team in using using motion. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. <laughs> offensively, um, and again, we're not trying to throw shade at Pete, but I think you kind of hit it on the head in terms of just the predictability of like. Can we can we can we spice it up? Like, can we use some motion or, or just something to to help the offense? Because it's just mm-hmm. it's just not happening right now. Well, yeah, I mean, I I think it's a philosophical thing. Um, that that was Sean Payton's bread and butter, right? Keep the defense off balance. He's going to change personnel groupings almost every play. There's yeah. going to be a shift or a motion or both um, on every couple of plays. And right. I don't I don't think it's um, I don't think it's necessary uh, to, to be able to die diagnose what the defense is in. Um, I think lining up in different formations, right, having your receiver inside and your tight end outside, that's going to give you an indication of what the defense is doing. Um, your personnel groupings, if they're matching personnel groupings um, as far as when guys come out of the huddle, who's in the game, who's mm-hmm. not in the game. You can you can kind of figure out what what guys are in. But at the end of the day, these guys are these guys are pros, right? So it's it's their job to study film. It's their job to know tendencies as far as what the defense is doing. Um, and every now and again, you're going to get caught off guard. But I, I but I do agree. I think I think using the shifts and motions the way that Kansas City does can be beneficial. But again, we we haven't been an offense that's been on too much rhythm recently. So it's kind right. of hard to right. it's hard to get into those extra things if you're not into rhythm. And Kansas City exactly. is is one of the hottest teams in the league right now. They're in a tremendous rhythm. They score a ton of points. They get a ton of yards, obviously. And so it's easier for them to be able to do that. Um, like, I, I liked it. I liked it as a player doing that because it, it makes the defense move and react several mm-hmm. times before the ball is even snapped. And, and as a skill player, it, it most of the time it makes your job easier. Okay, they're in zone. Or okay, they're in man to man this time. This guy's following me as I'm going in motion. Now I know what I have to do on the snap. But every now and again, they're not in what you think they're going to be in, and you've got to react. So that to yeah. me is more so on the players than it is Pete. Right? I mean, right. Pete might not be a guy that wants to do that very much. I don't know. Right. I'm not. I'm not sitting in those meetings. All I yeah. can go off of is the 2012 season when Pete was calling plays, and and I was obviously in that offense. Um, oh, and yeah. so you know, we're talking 10 years ago. So. If, if he's kind of changed his philosophy since then, I mean, I remember that year. I mean, we were throwing the ball down the field all, all Ooh, the time. <laughs> um, but 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 you got to think we had number nine pulling the trigger. So it's a totally different situation. It's a totally different team, clearly. And I still think that this team has time to kind of figure out their identity. And, yeah. um, you know, I think they'll continue to improve. Right. And I, and I think um... – you know, I think they are trying to build that offense. You know, I think it, I guess yep. it takes time. You got to start building the foundation before you start adding all the, you know, all the trickery and all the little things that, you know, that can make it spicy. Um, so I think I think they'll get to that. We saw that this past, you know, this past week when they played um, when they played the uh, Seahawks. You know, we saw them use some motion with Taysom. You get in the empty and they'll run some motion, identify what the defense is doing, and he – Run, you know, run our pass. Uh, you know, he did that that one pass, and uh, it was it was interesting. Like we finally did see some offense this past this past week, and you know, it was good. Like we saw some rhythm. There were some mistakes still. There was you know, Alvin Kamara fumble. Um, so there were some things that they still need to clean up. You didn't see as many penalties, and I think that right there is a good stepping stone. If they could clean up those penalties, stay on schedule, like you said. To where you know it's third short, or sometimes you don't have a third down. You're getting those first downs, and you're moving the chunks, you're picking up rhythm. 
that's the Saints offense we'd like to see. Because we, you know, we remember those days, man. You, Drew, Colston, Pierre Thomas, y'all out there. And the D, y'all, the Sean Pitt, y'all moving players in and off the sideline. And the defense is looking around like, can we get a breath, please? Damn. <laughs> Sweating. Sweating, you know? So I think they're, they're trying to build towards that, man. So, but I wanted to ask you, you know, what are your thoughts so far, you know, on the wide receivers that they brought in uh, this season? You know, you know, starting with Chris Olave, obviously he's looking good so far. What are your thoughts on him, you know, as a astute wide receiver you are? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think he's a guy that's talented, clearly, or else he wouldn't have uh, been a first-round pick. We wouldn't have, you know, traded up to, to grab him. Um, he fills a specific role of need that we've had for the last several years, a guy that can stretch the field, a guy that can get open um, underneath, a guy that can do things after the catch. I think he's starting to get somewhat comfortable um, as as an NFL player. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes it takes time for young guys, but he's he's been making plays since week one. Um, I've really been impressed um, with some of the plays that he's made. And, and you can tell that the quarterbacks are really confident in him being able to make the plays because they keep yeah. going to him time and time again. I mean, I, li- I really like what I see from him. And I, I it's he's especially one of the guys that I wish that I was still around so that mm. I could help and, and work with him. And not to say that he needs me, uh, but, but yeah. you know, I, I, think, I think he's somebody that could benefit from somebody like me being around to, to help him with the little intricacies of, of this Saints offense yeah. um, and, and help, his, help to make his job even easier. Um, I think he's going to be really, really good in the NFL. And uh, shoot, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, look, I'm a Columbus guy. Uh, so I'm, I've always been an Ohio State fan, so it was cool mm-hmm. for me to uh, see that we drafted him, and I was excited. And I reached out to him, you know, in the summertime a couple times and talk ball and tell him if he needs anything in the city to let me know. And um, he's a San Diego kid, which that's where I live now. So hopefully, okay. oh. you know, hopefully, hopefully this offseason we'll be able to get together a little bit. Maybe when when they're out here throwing, um, you know, I'll stop by and, and and hook up with the guys. But I, I think he's been really, really good and and. But I still don't think he's, you know, there yet. You know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to say that he's the guy, but right. but he's shown this season early on that I think he's capable of being the guy. Um, yeah. And then the Jarvis, uh, shoot, man, we got to keep him on the field. I mean, that's, that's it. Yeah. That's, that's, it that's, that's, that's what it's been to me. I mean, because he had a heck of an offseason. He had a great training camp. Obviously, we know what he did week one against Atlanta, over 100 yards and making probably the biggest play so far for us this season and yeah. that long catch to put us in the field goal range. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, we just got to get him healthy and shoot, man. Mike T, man, if we can keep if we can keep him on the field, man, we just we have such a good group. It's yeah. it's really it's really a war of attrition in the NFL. Yeah. Like who can stay the healthiest, the longest, whose guys can be on the field week in and week out. And you see the groups that are really good and deep um, are the ones that are, are are really showing up and making plays. And the team is, you know, sticks out to me, obviously, is the team that I think leads the NFL in offense. And that's the Buffalo Bills. I mean, those guys are playing every week and they're yeah. they're making a ton of yards and they've got a good group. But I, I really think that we've got a group that can win healthy can contest with anybody just mm. just have to stay healthy and uh you know make the plays when they're there to be made um and that kind of segues into sunday being such a huge game against the Bengals and the storylines of all the lsu players coming back to new orleans coming back to the superdome is such a huge thing um but at the end of the day, like these are two teams that desperately want to win. Um, what are your just overall thoughts of of the of this game? Um, that's a huge game for the Saints. Well, first and foremost, like I'm going to put my former player hat on and say I don't care who's on the other team. Like, it, like it's 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 a media thing to talk about yes. all these LSU guys coming back to play in the Superdome. The players don't care. They don't care. They don't care who's who, what school you you went to. They don't care who won a national championship in the Superdome because you know what? That doesn't matter. It Mm. has nothing that has nothing to do with this game on this Sunday. They had success in the Superdome before. That doesn't guarantee that they're going to play well this time. And it doesn't mean that they will play poorly this time. Right. It's it's two or three guys from a team that are now on a team in the NFL. Right. It's the Saints against the Bengals. So. I've heard the LSU talk all week. 
And it's kind of been it's kind of been driving me crazy because who cares? Right. I mean, I understand it's New Orleans, it's Louisiana, LSU is the state football team or is the state college in Louisiana, but this has nothing to do with the LSU Tigers. This has everything to do with the New Orleans Saints versus the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think that they're a team clearly who started slow coming off of the Super Bowl last year. And some people will call it Super Bowl hangover. I don't know if it if, if it's exactly that. Um, but early on in the season, we we noticed that the Bengals had trouble protecting Joe. And that was kind of their Achilles heel last year that they just could not keep this guy clean. Um, but the last couple of weeks, they've kind of righted the ship a little bit. Um, I believe they've only given up three sacks in the last two games, which mm. how they started out, I think they had nine sacks in the first game and Ooh. eight in the second game or something like that. So right. they've, they've kind of figured out how to help him, uh, you know, help keep him clean, whether that's getting the ball out early, whether that's running the football a little bit more, um, using the play action a little bit more. It's, it's whatever they've been doing, it's been working the last several weeks. And that's um, kind of, Funny because our pass rush, coincidentally, right. has has started to come alive the last couple of weeks. So I think I think that's going to probably be uh, one of my key matchups in this football game. The, you know, our defensive line going up against their offensive line. Both team, both units playing better as the season goes on. Um, and and uh, I mean, shoot, for us, I think we got to get after them. I mean, we, we yeah. we've got to have one of those five, six, seven oh. sack games. Um, get after him. We've got to hit him, and, and hopefully we've you know we're able to get enough pressure on him to turn him over. Um, he's he's shown that he's he's capable or willing to turn the ball over a little bit, and yeah. you know I, I think we are so due we are so due for for a big time turnover performance for our defense. I mean, we, we haven't we haven't we haven't had one of those all season, um, and and honestly like. If if we've got a couple guys that are banged up and not playing on the back end, then so be it. But I still think the guys that will be playing have the ability to um, hopefully pick off some balls from from you know the defense getting some pressures or maybe even tip balls. I mean that that's yeah. something that we haven't seen very much of this season either. So yeah. um, a big time challenge. I'm sure Da is going to challenge both our offensive and defensive lines in this game because they can have a major major impact in how this football game goes. No, I agree. I agree. It's such a such a huge game and such a big challenge. Um, big challenge. I mean, look, Bengals got a nice defense. Lots of former Saints players over there. Von Bell, like he seems like he's getting a pick every game. Every uh, game, got, man. You got Trey Hendrickson. He's been a monster off the edge. Uh, the Saints have been kind of a – Saints offense have been kind of a mirror image because, you know, uh, Jameis was sacked like ten times in the first two games or whatever. And then I think uh, Dalton has been sacked like three times in the last two games. So, you know, obviously, you know, they're getting the ball out quick and stuff like that has, has helped uh, pass protection. So I think, you know, that's obviously going to be key, big key on the flip side is to protect Andy Dalton and or, you know, Taysom Hill. You, you know, do you think that Hill, like the, the Taysom Hill game that he just had, do you think that's something they want to continue to do or was it just kind of a, Hey, they saw something in the Seahawks defense that they could take advantage of. So we're gonna, you know, utilize Hill. Well, I'm I look, I I'm I'll be honest with you, I'm not watching a ton of film on our opponents. So <laughs> I I can't tell you that they looked at Seattle and said, Hey man, we can really run Taysom on these guys. I I, I can put my guessing hat on and say yeah. this offense needs a spark. What do yeah. we need to do to give this offense a spark? And Taysom to me, has been probably the most exciting player on offense this season. I mean, obviously, yeah. Chris Olave has made a lot of plays, but think back to the Atlanta game. I mean, what do we do if Taysom Hill doesn't have the game that he has against Atlanta? Don't yeah. win. They don't he's, win. He's playing – he is playing the role that he was always supposed to play in this offense, right? Yes. The guy that can come in on third and fourth and short, second and short even. And you know what the thing that's that's most exciting to me about what they did last week? is the fact that he threw the football. Yes. And it didn't have to be five or more throws. It's that one throw that's that all touched you down to Troutman that's, that's it. going to have that's the it. defense thinking, hey, man, he's maybe not running this football <laughs> every single time. But you know what else? When the defenses know he's running the football, most of the time it doesn't matter. Just right. because having a quarterback in basically as your running back adds an extra guy yeah, exactly. to be able to protect up front. And so what happens with that is you have to to 
bring another guy down into the box as a defense, which in turn leaves one guy out of coverage. So instead of having an extra guy deep on defense, they've got a safety down in the box to, to prevent big plays in the run game. That allows Taysom to be able to drop back and throw the football. And I think, shoot, man, I'm not going to tell you that we're going to throw it more with Taysom this week, but the threat of him throwing the football is, is could be potentially major in this game. Um, but if, if they want to just put him in every now and again and run it downhill, I'm all for it, man, because nobody's proven that they can stop it. Every now and again, somebody will do get a tackle for loss in the backfield. Uh, I'm thinking back to the Tampa Bay game. I think we had a fourth and one or a fourth and two, and they stuffed yeah. us. Um, but but other than that, man, I mean, it's 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 downhill with him. He's getting yards. He's falling forward and usually getting those first downs or touchdowns. And I think we'll see. I think we'll see more of it. I, I don't think we'll go back to the days where Taysom is playing, you know, four or five plays total on offense. I think he's too big of a weapon. He's got to be out there. Mm. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, I want to get back to the defense going against the Bengals because I think my biggest concern, just as a fan, is obviously we we don't know the injury status of or Marshawn, um, with the abdominal injury, but we kind of saw when he went out against the Seahawks that Da <clears throat> went to using a lot of zone coverages on defense, and that led to some some coverage bust, um. How do you, I guess, how can, what can the defense do to be more on the same page to prevent those, to prevent those busts? Because like, I don't, I just have like this premonition of like Jamar Chase, just like running by someone on a bust and just, it just keeps flashing my mind. Like Marcus may hopefully potentially playing will help with that. But um, what are some things obviously getting to Joe Burrow would help with that, that can help offset um, them if they play a lot of zone when they typically potentially want to play more man. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a personnel thing, right? So if, if you're, some of your top guys are not out there, your, your kind of game plan goes out the window a little bit. You can't expect, you know, a, a guy that's not playing too much man to man or a special teams guy. I looked at this past game and just, you know, from a, from a, total fans perspective I look back at safety and we had Justin Evans and TJ Gray playing safety yeah right and that's that's no slight against those guys but those right. are not the guys that we signed to play safety on this team yeah. right like TJ Gray is one of the best special teams players in the National Football League yep. that's his bread and butter like he he's not a guy that's getting a ton of game, game reps at strong or free safety. Justin Evans was a slot nickel guy at the beginning of the season, but, but because of injuries, PJ Williams is out. Marcus May is out. Um, you know, uh, Marshawn Lattimore got hurt. They had to move guys around. I mean, it's, it's tough to call your defense and do the things that you want to do if your top guys aren't out there. And so sure, call it coverage bus, but I, I don't just watching the film. I don't think it, it was as much coverage bus as it was guys in the back end of the secondary getting beat because they're not used to being back there. Right. Um, you know, Tyler Lockett, especially running the double move 
on the second touchdown. Mm. Um, I mean, it, there, I think we're playing two man. So um, Adebo is playing underneath him, which is where he's supposed to be. Right. And, you know, TJ Gray and Justin Evans are supposed to be the top of the coverage, right? Don't let anybody get behind you. Right. Be the deepest of the deepest. Make that quarterback put that ball in the perfect spot. What do I mean by that? The perfect spot being over the underneath coverage, which is Adebo, and under the deep coverage, which, which would have been those safeties. So that it's a lot harder to throw that ball than it is a ball that's going over top of everybody's head. So right. uh, it's, it's sure, if, if some of my top corners are out of the game, I'm probably going to play more zone coverage just because that's, that's what you have to do. Um, it's, it's, it's unfair to the guys that aren't the better corners and say, Hey, you match up with Lockett, you match up with DK Metcalf and we're just going to see what happens. I mean, that's really, that's, that's not fair to those guys and that's not fair to our team. So, um, you know, making those kind of midstream adjustments in the game, thank goodness our pass rush woke up, you know, in the latter part of that game and helped those guys out and, and, you know, just made enough plays to win. Yeah, I have. I mean, I have a feeling this is going to be kind of another shootout, kind of like the Seattle game, where you know, not exactly passing the ball, but just a lot of plays are going to be happening. I think you know, with the injuries on defense, especially if Marshawn can't go, I think you're going to see a lot of you know big plays coming from the Bengals' offense. But look, the Bengals' offense had been perfect all year either. They've been having their struggles, um, so it's just kind of a, it's, I think it's kind of a get right game for both teams where they just kind of want to. Just look good. That's what I really – I wanted the Saints to just look good out there and uh, but really just win. Like, win is the most important thing. If they could just get this W, that'll be huge just moving forward because this is one of the tougher games on the schedule. Um, but I wanted to ask you, uh, just, you know, being a former player now, now you're in the media. I, I see you on, you know, on WDSU all the time and stuff like that. Um, how has it been for you just watching the team from afar? Is it is it kind of weird? Because I saw when you talk mm-hmm. about the Saints, you say we when you talk about the Saints. So obviously you're a fan now. You know, you're speaking from a fan's perspective. How has that been for you uh, from your perspective? Well, look, it's, it's always going to be we, right? Like I, yeah. I didn't spend nine years of my career in one spot to just be an outsider once I was mm. done. Obviously, my career didn't end with the Saints. I went on and played for other teams. And I always knew that I wanted to come back, right? So it is a, a we thing um, for me. Um, you, did you it's, did it's, you it's sign a, that? Did you sign that contract with the Falcons? I can't remember. It was like a one day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Look, I I, I tried several times during that offseason to to get back with the Saints. Um, and even before I flew to Atlanta, I had my agent reach out to Mickey and say, "Hey, he's getting ready to fly to Atlanta. Are you sure there's not anything we can do?" And Mickey was like, "Hey, man, we're going younger." We just don't have any room for him. There's not a spot for him here. So at that point, it basically, in my mind, that was a blessing. Go ahead and sign with yeah. the Falcons. Yeah. So yeah, no I still wanted to play football, and the South, the Falcons were willing to have me on their team. So that that's why I did it. I, I didn't sign oh, with yeah. the Falcons so I, so I could go and, and retire <laughs> a couple of days later like that. I had no intentions of doing that. Right, um, right, but right. really, be, being off. Uh, or I should say away from a team that entire off season. So right. The, the 2015 season ended the first week, um, you know, uh, of the 2016 year. So January, 2016, I was with the lions. So obviously we didn't make the playoffs. So from January till August, basically I wasn't on a team. So I was training by myself. I had to find a quarterback to throw to me. Um, and I still wanted to play, but I was just away from football, which meant spending more time with my family. Yeah. Um, my oldest, who is now seven, was getting ready to turn uh, one in that August. So being with my family, being away from football really, you know, allowed me to start thinking about, geez, this, this isn't that bad, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know. And, and so going to Atlanta, it, it was it was uh, it was awkward. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie about that. I, I even just getting the phone call from my agent. Hey, man, the Falcons want to work you out. I was like, oh, man, any team but Atlanta. Like, that was really what I was thinking. And that's what I told him. I was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to the workout. And he's like, oh, he's like, they're, they, and I said, I don't want to go to the workout unless they're planning on signing me. And he was like, well, they want to sign you. And my wife was like, okay, do, would you rather retire and be done with football? Or would you rather go to Atlanta and play and keep getting paid? And I was like, you're right. I'm going to go ahead and get this check. Get this so, um, 
you know, once once I got there, man, it just it just didn't feel right, honestly. Like I just landing in Atlanta, being picked up by Falcons personnel, putting on the gear for my workout, being um in you know, Flowery Branch in 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 the uh uh their facility, it just it just did not feel right. And it was definitely an internal thing with me where it was like, man, my heart is really not here. And it's funny because the week before I worked out for the Chargers and I was all about it. Like, oh, yeah, man, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. Building a, I'm building a home in San Diego. San Diego, of be course. Perfect. I'm really I'm really about to be playing in the city where I'm living long term. Like for me, that was like, man, this is going to be great. And I honestly do think had it been San Diego who signed me, I would have kept playing football and I would have yeah. played, you know, at least a couple more years because my heart would have still been in it. But just knowing that it was Atlanta knowing the history with the saints and the Falcons and really just not liking the Falcons ever. <laughs> it, it just, it didn't feel right. And then I get there, somebody already had number 16. They didn't have the proper helmet. Like all these things were like piling up. Then it's like, I'm sitting in these meetings. I'm 10 days late to training camp and I'm trying to like crash course this offense that for me just seems so unfamiliar and strange. Mm. Now, obviously there was similar concepts because everybody runs a lot of the similar things. But the verbiage and some of the things that they were doing, I just couldn't like I just was like, man, I'm, this is this is like making my head spin because it was really like a crash course. Like they were like, you're here now, like you're in like that first day in practice. I was in the huddle with the ones and I had oh. no idea what the heck I was oh, doing. Wow. Raheem Morris was the receiver coach back then. And he was literally in the huddle with us. His art, right, you go to the left, you go to the left. This is what you got. And I'm like, all right, cool. And so. Not to say that I wasn't ready to be in the mix like that, but I just I, I know that it would have taken me several days to kind of get my football brain back on and physically yeah. be ready to be back in in between the white lines and I just I don't know man playing for the the arch rival in my mind was enough for me to kind of be like ah maybe I don't want to be playing football and and you know moving on to what was next was was right for me in that moment yeah he pulled he pulled the anti Tom Brady he spent more time with his family he said man this is good for me Tom said no nah. <laughs> Get me away. Get me away. Um, I, I I have two more for you. The first one I have is since you obviously watched the all 22, you you break it down. What differences potentially do you see in the the Saints offense now with Pete Carmichael calling plays, whether it's um formations or potentially how they're he how he's trying to attack defenses? Um, that is different from how Sean called plays or is the offense from someone who's been in it still mostly just the same from what you from what you've seen well I don't think it's the same because we you have a different guy calling the plays right and then you you've obviously got a different guy pulling the trigger than most of last year and then you know most of Sean's history so you got to kind of couple those things together I, I think one thing that's been glaring to me and I've been calling for it all season and we got it last week and Alvin had like a 50 some yard reception is yes. the screen game we yes. we've had zero zero screen game this year and I think Shoot, man. I mean, who wouldn't want to get the ball to Alvin and Mark and some of these receivers in space? I mean, it really it makes everybody else's job easier if you can get chunk plays on easy throws like that. So that's yeah. been one thing that's kind of stood out to me. That's kind of weird. Um, but hopefully, you know, last week we'll we'll build from that and, and you know, keep doing some of those things. Um, and also the, the quick game. I mean, we have not had too much of the three step drops the bubble screens, the tunnel wow. screens, some of these easy throws. I mean, I, I can't even tell you how many slants we've run this season. I'm not a guy that's a huge fan of slants. They used to get on my nerves, but <laughs> I mean, shoot, they're, they're really easy throws for the quarterbacks. And I feel like that's something that we've got to be able to do. Um, you know, catching the, catching the ball in short spots and turning those short catches into long games you see a lot of teams doing it, and and I get jealous from time to time <laughs> when I see these guys, Devontae Adams, all the receivers for the Packers, Stephon Diggs. I mean, these guys are are catching balls at two, three, four, five yards down down the field and turning them into 12, 15, 18 or longer. I mean, that's something that we've got guys that got the ability to do that. Why are we not taking advantage of that? So, um, you know, the short, quick passing game coupled with the screen game, um, and, and, and I think we've got to run the ball more, not, not necessarily run the ball when everybody thinks we're going to run it, but run the ball more because we've got the group that's capable of, of really controlling the line of scrimmage and dominating 
the you know the football games. You say you had one more, Adam? Yeah, uh, everyone would be appalled if I didn't ask this question. <laughs> appalled, but I have to ask it. 2000, 2009 Saints team, 2011 Saints team. Yep. Which 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 one are you picking? 2011. Oh man. Yeah, it's I and you know what it's it still kind of keeps me up at night. Like how how did that team not win a Super Bowl? Mm. Um, it's it's like it really. Uh, I mean, obviously, San Francisco showed up and made more plays than us on that day. I was but there. I still, I still, <laughs> I still think that we're a better team than they were. Um, they were better on that day, and um, I don't, I don't think the 2011 team like smokes the 2009 team, but I, I do think that we're the most talented team, uh, probably that Sean Payton ever had, um, and it's unfortunate that we. We didn't win the bowl. Um, I mean, just speaking from offense alone, man, we were <laughs> record breaking. Oh. We were record breaking, and there was really no weakness. Um, you know, you're talking, you're talking prime, prime Drew Brees. You're talking oh, yeah. weapons out of the you know what offensive roles and and offensive line that had Carl Niggs four, four Pro Bowlers. Oh. You know what I mean? Like we had tight ends, clearly Jimmy Graham, David Thomas. Um, I mean, defense was was. I don't think that defense was as good as our recent defenses. But I know one thing: that defense did. They took that ball away. Ball away. They, or it did. they found they found a way to get takeaways and to give us short fields and or to score touchdowns themselves. Um, and then you, I mean, shoot, couple that with what Sproles was able to do in the return game. I mean, we we that was a special, special team, man. And it's it's sad that we weren't able to to do what we all thought that we we could do, or or we all thought that we would do in that season. But you know, sometimes that's just how it goes, man. You don't play your best in any game in the NFL, and you can get beat. And especially comes when you know you start playing in the playoffs when every team is really good, man. That you 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 spoke for the fans for that because that that's one team that everybody still to this day, man. We Everyone. talk about that one. Uh, but on a lighter note, what what was your favorite day celebration? Because I missed the Lance Moore celebrations, man. The touchdown celebration, <laughs> the King Peel, the so many that you had. What was your favorite one that you remember? And you was just like, you know, I can't believe I did that shit. <laughs> well, look, look first. Look, we, we we haven't been able to see a lot of that this year because we haven't been winning in a lot of games this year. <laughs> so the guys really haven't had the chance to show out, you know, like it's it like they could, I'm sure. And um it's ah man, I mean it's gotta be the Kim Peel. I mean that that one was was classic. Um I always on Twitter I always say I was the first one that did it. Like there's did a lot of guys. Did you get on the show? Did you get on the show? Yeah, I did, I did. So they they saw that I did it a couple of days later Jordan Peele was wearing like a t-shirt of me with my hands on my head and Kenny Stills <laughs> Kenny Stills pointing at me counting so I was like oh man this is this is great and so one of my high school buddies was friends with one of the executive producers on the show we kind of mm. connected the dots they said hey man we'd love to have Lance on the show and so my buddy was like, hey, you want to be on the show? I was like, yeah, what are you talking about? Of course. Like, this is this is one of the greatest sketch comedy shows of all time. Like, yes, right. I'm gonna be on, I'm gonna be on the show. And it was like the week leading up, and it was the off season of 2013. And um, you know, they're like, hey, you're gonna be in this, whatever sketch it is. And my buddy was like, hey man, uh, does Lance have any lines in the sketch? And the producer was like, no, nah, I don't think so. And he's like, is there any way that you can get him in a sketch with, with some lines? Like that, I think that would be cool, you know, as opposed to him just basically being an extra. And so the, the executive producer ran it through the guys. The guys were like, yeah, heck yeah. And so he's like, hey man, you're going to have lines. But I didn't get my lines until like the night before. So I'm, I'm basically, <laughs> I'm cramming. I'm trying to figure out like, okay, now how am I going to, how am I going to act like I've been practicing these lines for weeks now when I literally just got them last night? Like, I'm not a pro actor. I've, I've been in some, you know, low budget commercials, but I've never been in anything to this scale that's, that's just 
as, as, as important as this is. So I basically stayed up till like three o'clock in the morning. Sure enough, I wake up. We're supposed to be on set at like six. I get there, wipe the, the, the sleep out of my eyes. And I'm, they're like, hey, here's your trailer. I'm in my trailer with my, with my buddy. They what? take me to hair, hair and makeup, which, you know, I really didn't need too much hair. Uh, they, <laughs> gave, they, gave, they gave me a do-rag because they called me Urban Guy. They put a little makeup on my face and said, okay, we'll come get you when the time comes. And sure enough, by 9 a.m., somebody knocks on my trailer door and they're like, all right, we're ready to go to set. And so I'm like, all right, here we go. And so we go, we get on this big van, which was, you know, the where we were recording most of the, the sketch. And uh, I think it was Jordan that he said, hey, come on, everybody get off. Let's let's go through a read real quick. And at this point, I'm like, oh, shoot, like this, <laughs> this, this isn't this isn't the real thing. But this is the first time that they're going to basically see and hear me act. Right. So we get off the bus or we get off the van. And we get in a little circle and all of us that have speaking lines, I think it was five of us and we're sitting there and the producer's like, okay, we're going to go through this one or two times and then we're going to get on and then we're going to just go through it a bunch of times. We're going to shoot, you know, however many takes it takes to get what we think is enough. And so I don't remember which guy started, but I just remember holding my script and, and my hands like shaking because this is just so familiar and there's a whole lot of pressure, man. You talk about a guy that's used to playing football right. in front of millions of people on television and, and you know, 70, 80,000 people in person and don't blink. Like, it's normal. Like, I, this is what I do. I catch footballs. I turn up in front of the crowd. Like, there's no, it's nothing to me. But reading my lines in front of <laughs> Jordan Peele funny. and Keegan-Michael Key was like the most nerve-wracking thing I've ever done in my life. And so we're, we're going through and I get to my first line and I read my first line and Jordan Peele goes, stop. And at this point, I'm like, oh, no, oh. What, <laughs> what is he about to say? And he goes, thank God Lance Moore can act. And everybody around was like, yes, yes, like he's so good. And, it, and I didn't really say anything. I looked at him just kind of shaking my head. But internally, I was like doing jumping jacks, backflip. I was celebrating. <laughs> I was like, yes, like he's accepted me. Like I'm, I'm not going to be mm -hmm. the guy that just got the spot because he's an athlete. He, I, I got the I got the spot because I'm an athlete and did a celebration, but I can also add a little Act. something to this sketch. Act. So yeah, so from that point on, I, I had confidence and we went through the day and everything was great and it was awesome. And Malcolm Jamal Warner was there. I mean, like this was, this was like a super, super cool day that I'll remember forever. Um, you know, obviously I got, you know, my, my acting credits. Um, I'm still, well, I still get checks for residuals. Uh, the, the, the episodes that are clearly still being watched and streamed from, from people all over the world. And just an experience, man, that I, I will cherish for the rest of my life. And yeah. really, I, I, I should have, or I need to kind of parlay that into some more spots. I mean, Jordan has oh, been really? doing some awesome work as far as oh, producing man. films. Um, and I would, I would love to be in anything, even if it was an extra in a movie. Like, I would love yeah. to do that, man, because that's like, it's really cool to see yourself do something that you're not really accustomed to. So kind yeah. of breaking out of your comfort zone and doing something yes. different and where people can say, Hey man, I saw you doing X, Y, and Z, like something yeah. that you're not used to doing. Um, it really means a lot. And, and um, you know, it was fun. It, it really was fun. And, and the guys were unbelievably humble and funny. I mean, I tell you like these guys are clearly great at what they do, but to see it, like up close and personal, we would take a break in the in the van and the two of them would go through, like this is what they did. They would shoot like the entire season in like a two week span. So you're talking 10 days of work. Oh, they'd shoot shit. That's 120 crazy. sketches or whatever it was. And so they would do four or five or six sketches in a day. So they would just go and say, hey, let's do whatever the next sketch is going to, let's, let's run through that a couple of times. And we would just be in the, in the van silent and they would go through it. And by the end of it, we would all just be cracking up laughing. And they were so on point with, Hey, this doesn't really sound the way I want it. Let's change it to this. Like, cause you know, they're, they're executive producing the show as well. So they right. can make those type of decisions on the fly. Hey, this is going to sound better than this. And they would do it and it would be perfect. And like, it just, it blew my mind that they were just that good and uh, shoot, man, just awesome dudes to be around. And um, like I said, that's something that I'll take with me forever. Hell yeah, man, that's crazy. That 
that's an incredible, incredible experience. Um, now with your foray into to media, how how has that how's that been for you? Like, and is it something that you're like you're enjoying? Um, kind of having like that 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 second second career post football. Yeah, I mean, it is. Look, it's 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 a fun job. What I do with with WDSU being a local analyst and and really focusing and diving into our team, right? The the, the Saints. Um, you know, I I I started out with Sirius XM NFL Radio back in 2017, mm. and doing the radio thing is cool. Um, I I think that the the media thing comes somewhat natural to me. I've I've been interviewed a ton of times throughout my career. And I've always yeah. felt like I could have been a go-to guy for a lot of reporters and journalists. And, and it was kind of a natural transition, I guess you could say. Um, I, I can't sit here and tell you that this is something that is like the end goal for me. Um, yeah. if, if, if a bigger opportunity showed up, I can't tell you that I would turn it down. Um, but I'm working on a, a several other things. And, and like I said, this is a fun thing. Like this, this WDSU is fun to, to stay connected in the city, to stay connected yeah. with the team and stay involved with the guys that I know so much about um, is, is really, really fun. And, um, you know, I don't take this opportunity for granted at all. No well, question, you're doing you're doing great as someone who lives two hours away from San Diego. I don't know if you and the family have been to Puesto yet, but if you have not been to Puesto, please, mm-hmm. please go check it out. Absolutely. Some of the like the best tacos you'll ever have, period. OK, ever. OK. Um, There's like four in San Diego. So go check out a Puesto in like La Jolla somewhere. You'll you and the family will enjoy it. Um, and just truly, truly thank you for coming on. This was amazing, excellent. Um, last minute prediction for, for the game. You, you have the Saints winning, you have a score. Uh, I haven't really thought that far ahead. Uh, I, I do think that we are going to win this game. I, I think this is one of those games that's like, you know, <laughs> nobody's going to pick us. We're, we're no, the underdogs. Yes. No one's going to pick nobody's, them nobody's going to think that, you know, we're going to be able to play well enough to win this game. And I, and I think we're due, man. Like we have not played a complete game. Obviously, we have not played a a game where all three phases have complemented one another. Um, And I'm expecting that this week. Um, But expectations are are really, you know, they don't get the job done. The guys go out and get the job done. So um, I know that they're going to be preparing their butts off. I know that they're going to have a game plan that's that's. Um, going to be the best opportunity for these guys to to, to make plays this weekend. And um, hopefully we make more plays than they do, because we know that they're a talented football team. They wouldn't have made it to the Super Bowl last year if they didn't have some guys. Absolutely. So I'm sure anyone who listens to this is already following Lance on Twitter. But if not, you can follow Lance on Twitter at LanceMore16. Um, check out his local coverage of the Saints at uh, WDSU6. Thank you so much for coming on, man. We really, really appreciate it um, and appreciate your time and just talking football with us and just breaking down the team. Um, couldn't ask for a better guest. We appreciate it, man. Thank you. No doubt, man. Thank you guys for having me and uh, who that? Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.